0: My name is Crystal Fox. Um, I'll feel, just keep talking, guys, because I'll feel right at home. (laughs) My main mode of operation is I am a a public school teacher. Currently, I'm an intervention specialist teaching fourth-grade inclusion. I've taught everything from kindergarten all the way through twelfth grade. This is my 22nd year of teaching, I believe. I'll tell you a little story of how you plan and God laughs. And you end up doing something totally different than you started out with. Um, when I went to college, I went to college and studied music education. And about halfway through my second or third year, I like felt the nudging that I should get a dual major in special education and music education. And I said, No, God, I don't want to do that because if I do that, that's what I'll end up teaching. And here I am. Is it locked? It's okay. <laughs> so god bless me and i taught music education for f- 14 years found myself on the wrong side of a reduction in force was laid off for four years spent a year had some health problems and then i subbed and i'm like okay god what do you want me to do am i going to be a musician or am i going to be a teacher and i really felt led to be a teacher and as i'm looking at all the job postings i'm like okay i'm gonna have to figure out how to get more education, because all the job postings are in special education. So um, I'm like, but I'm unemployed. I have no money. My mother calls me out of the blue and says, I know you don't want to put your family in more financial difficulties, so if you want to take out a loan and go back to school, if you don't get a job, I will help you pay your loan. Like, okay, God, I guess I'm supposed to go back to school. So here I am, and God blessed me and hired me back at the school that I was laid off at, and now I'm teaching as an intervention specialist, Which what brings me here to you guys today, Angel said, oh, this will be in your wheelhouse. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like to speak to (laughs) grown-ups. So just, you know, act like fourth graders and we will have a good time today. She asked me to speak on, so everyone's welcome. Now what? And um, for those of you that like numbers, maybe, there we go. I looked at some research for you. This is from 2013. That was the most recent data I could find. About 30% of the population ages 3 to 21 are identified as special needs. And then it gives you the breakdown by disability. Specific learning disability is by far the largest. And when you think about this population of students, I would also include those students who are at risk to be identified. They struggle in school. A lot of the things that you do for specific learning disabled students will work for Come on in. Welcome. Um, good luck on the chair. <laughs> we can pull this around if you'd like. Nope, because I move. <laughs> I'll just try not to stand on my back. Um, speech or language impairment is the next about 21 percent. Other health impairment, those would be kids with some form of a health issue that in impacts their learning autism is on there at eight percent of those that are identified with a disability intellectual disability is seven percent emotional disturbance is six multiple disabilities you get down to two percent one percent with hearing and orthopedic impairments are really small segment of the population so a large part of what i deal with is are the sld students that's by the numbers okay okay there are two different ways I've seen and when I research that I've seen people doing ministry to students with disabilities one is a complete separate ministry my church has one I was just asking my one of my pastors who was in here who's charge of it I am not formally involved with it but one night a month I know that they invite <coughs> families with students with disabilities and they design a night that is specific to those students and families needs and they have, peers come in and minister to those kids. And they have activities. And it gives the parents a break. It allows them to feel like they can do something and leave their children there. So there's that type of ministry. And then the second way, and this is kind of even if you go to public school how they do it, a very small percentage of the population are pulled out separate because you just can't meet their needs with what you're already doing. The second way is an inclusive ministry meaning taking what you already have up and running in your class and how can you include these students in your ministry. That's the angle I'm going to go with today, hoping that that's what you're all interested in. When Angel asked me to do this, I said, it's a really broad topic. Okay. Um, so what I thought we would do is just kind of start there, and then as the discussion continues, we can go different directions with it. I'm not going to talk at you for the whole 40 minutes or whatever I have. Um, the first thing when you're talking about students with disabilities is you need to get information on them, which I think is just a general good practice, whether you're in Rangers, girls' ministry, Sunday school, kids' church, youth, you need some kind of way to gather some information on your students. You need to know what are they good at? What do they like? What's hard for them? Because you need a jumping off place. Then of course, all the medical things, like what are they allergic to? What things can't they do? What things can they do? Find some way, even if it's a sheet, that you do when you intake your students, that you get all, you know, when you intake your students and you get their name, address, phone number, that kind of thing, parental. Add some of those to to your sheet. I want to know what my kids like, because then I can tailor some activities to engage them. I want to know what's easy for them, because I want them to feel successful. I want to know what's hard for them, because I want to think, what's going to trip them up? And I'll give you some examples as we go along. Or maybe some of you have examples. The other thing, and I stole this right from the MLD unit, which is available through GPH. It's one of their education things. There are some very good, um, it's a book that you can get. And one chapter is entitled Education, and it was learning with dealing with special needs students and there's a lot of information there but what we need to think about is we learn 10% of what we read 20% of what we hear 30% of what we see but if you combine two of those things you're up to 50% 70% of what we say and write and 90% of something if we say and do I was thinking my husband and I were talking about Rangers the other day when he came home he says those boys we got so much done tonight because we were talking and they were building something out of wood I said well They were doing something as you were learning it. That's how they learn. So this is just good for all students to keep in mind. And then the other thing you want to do is address as many different learning styles as you can. I am a person who, I am a visual learner, and I know it. (laughs) I teach public school, and my co-teacher reads aloud to the students every day. And because there's nothing visual for me to see, I don't comprehend half of what she's reading to the kids and I stand in the back of the room and I play pray. Oh, please don't let her ask my opinion on what she's reading cuz I have no idea. It sounds like Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 as she's reading aloud, if she threw the book up on the screen and I could read along, then I would understand it. <laughs> so, our students are that way. So, you want to make sure you're showing them visual things as well as auditory things and then give them hands-on things to do. Most pre-written curriculums that I've seen give you opportunities to do that already. That's just good teaching practice. Anybody have anything they want to add to that? Any thoughts on that? All right. One of the most eye-opening things I did when I went back and focused on special education was um, I took a class in which the professor's goal was to make you feel like a learning disabled student. And I watched, it was a video, and he had seven educated women in tears by the end of it because they couldn't do what he was asking. And he's showing them this picture. He's going, what is it? What is it? Do you see it? Look at it harder. Look at it again. He's just going so fast. Well, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? And he's going so fast. I'm looking at it in the video because they would show it to you. And I'm like... I can't even see what it is. And these women are like, I don't know, I don't know. And they were so frustrated that they were all literally crying. And he says, now I'm going to show you how easy it is to figure out what this is. And he took a clear overlay with a black line on it. and laid it on top. It was a picture of a cow. But because of the way they took a picture of the cow's face, and it was a black and white one, you couldn't come up with the outline of the cow. But all it took was a simple modification to make it doable. And that's what it is. So I have a little simulation for you. Those of you on the outside might have a hard time seeing. I'm going to put a paragraph up. And there's lots of ways you can do this. You can simulate visual problems. You can simulate um, body impairments real easily. This is one that you would not be able a kid could walk into your ministry and you wouldn't know he had an issue. <clears throat> this is a paragraph. It'll be up there for a very short time. And it simulates what it feels like to not be able to read. Okay, So you're going to go, I didn't get it. <laughs> then that's OK. There's three questions at the bottom. I'll have you answer them on your own. I won't make you put your answer up here. But just to get you an idea, I would say the best way to plan something for a kid with special needs is to try to figure out what the world looks like to them. So here's an example. Watch me fall over. Oh, gotta connect to the internet, hang on. Anybody got any good commercial music? It was working earlier, there we go. Oh come on. It's not taking me to my link. Well, maybe I will have to find it another way. Everybody want to do a song and dance while I figure this out? Um my history. <laughs> you guys are way too quiet. I teach public school. They would be peeling the paint off the ceiling by now. That's all right. This one. Are you still in your PowerPoint presentation?
1: Yes. Okay, because that might be a problem. I can see you click on things on the you're still in your- right, I'm trying to
0: go to the, um, I'm trying to go to it online and then I'll pop it up there. I just don't want anything interesting no. to pop up on the screen. <laughs> that's the public school teacher in me no. going, um, hmm. All right. Oh, that's what I want. course. Now I can't find it. No, I, I'm still in my PowerPoint. That's why you're not seeing. All right. Is it Try this one. And I even practiced. All right, maybe I won't be able to show you it. Let's try that. Here we go. That's not what I want. All right, I might not be able to do it because the internet is now not working. So let's go back to this. All right, well, that was a good try on my part. Presentation from current slide. Okay. So I can't get the internet to work. It's showing as limited. So I don't know why because I had it working a few minutes ago. So we'll move on. What I would like to do from here is take, go through each of the disabilities. This is the only way I could figure out how to attack it for you guys. And this is where I want you guys to participate. I'm going to give you a disability. We're going to talk about what you might be seeing or if you're experiencing students with this and then what we can do to help those students. Again, I did not want to retype all of these slides, so I stole them from the Momentum PowerPoint presentation I have. The first one being we talked about the highest incident is specific learning disabilities. It's the largest percentage of children with disabilities. They struggle in one or more areas in school, usually math, reading, and or writing. They, um, their IQs are average or above average. Um, some things that you might observe, struggles or avoiding activities, inappropriate behavior or negative attitude, difficulty memorizing, difficulty understanding the directions, lack of organizational skills, especially outside the clubroom, and difficulty processing or understanding certain lesson concepts. Anybody got any of these? Okay. think of a student you have in whatever I didn't ask what all I have in front of me today what kind of things do they struggle with I'll give you uh, let's do two minutes talk it over with your elbow partner like I like to tell my students think about what you see in your ministry these kids struggling with I'll give you two minutes talk it over with your elbow partner get to introduce yourself see what you see them struggling with You guys are way too shy. Uh, I guess I can't separate out what's the normal child behavior versus abnormal, Just, you know, in the classroom at church, you know, uh-huh. we have the, we have the all grade school, I mean, that from K you know, 11, so 5 to 11. So they're all different and you know, their attention spans are all different. different. Yes. You know? That's going to be looking at development. I'm on, yeah, right. There's a great resource for that, too, that I have. I'll have to get you, your name and I can email it to you. Yeah. We actually have a couple kids with autism. And that's why, you know, the thing was.
2: That's, that's, a, that's a challenging
0: one, yeah. Okay, what would you come up with? What kind of things do you see in your area of expertise that these kind of kids are struggling with? Understanding directions. Understanding directions is a big Memorizing. one. Memorizing is another one. Yeah, you can see all of those. Now, take another minute with the elbow partner, a different elbow partner. See if you can brainstorm together, and we'll, we'll share out a little. What could you do to help these kids? And I'll share too, but I'm, the best thing you can do is think about, well, I know this is what they're having trouble with. How can I make it easier for them? Okay, so think about that. Take a minute, brainstorm some ideas, and then we'll share out. What are some things you can do to make it easier for them in your club room, in your youth thing, in your children's church? I don't know anybody who doesn't. (laughs) Okay, what'd you come up with? Anybody want to share something that you're, you and your elbow partner came up with? Anybody? Okay, what, So acting it out to help them memorize, Yeah, that because you're you're tapping into two things Okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that's great. Any, all, she just gave three great examples, having the kids act it out, because that all of a sudden, you've added body movement, which is going to help them with memory, okay, you've added another thing, um, she said sign language, again, you're adding body movement to it, you're involving another sense, you're giving them another thing to attach that piece of information to, anybody else? That's an excellent thing. Uh, or a visual cue. So, you, you, if, if, especially if you're working in groups or have a lot going on in the room, that's really hard for students. So, I give them a visual cue. Doing everything by step. step by step, breaking it down into smaller chunks. Another way to make it easier, and, and you, if they have to, you can have a thing where you move down. Okay, we, we finished this, now we're on this. Anything you can do to so they're hearing it and seeing it and doing it. Anything else you can think of? I know
2: uh, one thing we were talking about is, like, if I give a list of instructions, it's too, it's like it's too much, too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I have to be like, okay, your first step, you do this, wait till they complete that, okay, next step, do And
0: sometimes you do have to go that slow. You will have some kids that can do more than one or two steps. So, and the other thing I can, I do sometimes is have a kid repeat it back to me okay, you're going to be in charge, Joey. I'm going to give the instructions, but you're going to keep us all honest. You're going to repeat what I said. You know, just as another, so they're hearing it twice from two different voices. And Joey is probably the kid that needs to re-say it because he's the one that's going to forget Then he's verbalizing it. So again, he hasn't just heard it. Now he's verbalized it. Any other things you can think of? Anything that nobody could come up with? Okay, so something that will keep their attention I, I focused. We're going to get there. I started with the e- an easier, <laughs> relatively easier one, but sometimes. What about refusing to do something? What do you do with that? Make it work Okay, you're going to sell pepperoni to a vegetarian. You're going to make it look good. That's one thing. What else can you do? What if you have a kid that out and out refuses?
2: Okay, so change
0: the, change the activity. Maybe they're still going to demonstrate the same concept but do it in a different way. Instead of having to write it, they're going to glue and cut and paste. So Great. We do, we, we
3: might, if they really don't want to do that, we'll, we'll have them go to a, a station
0: mm-hmm.
3: and somebody will be with them and they'll be able to play with blocks or Play-Doh or something like that that they're supposed to be listening to. It. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that will turn them around.
0: Correct. Just a little distraction technique. Anything else? Any questions about that, this specific you know, I want to make sure I hit whatever. And if, if I hit one that nobody has any interest in in the room, let me know. <laughs> um, but this is a big one. You're going to see a lot of kids with learning. To, what about time on task? What do you do if you have a kid that just won't focus on? I have one that I, I counted the other day. I prompted him 27 times in 75 minutes. That's once every three minutes to stay on task. What do you do with that kid? What are some ideas? Just literally cannot. <laughs> it's constant redirection, constant redirection. OK, but we're going to do this over here, honey. OK, you know, that kind of thing. It's Gently, I would say the biggest thing you can do with special needs kids is love on them. Because even at 10 years old, my kids walk into my room and say, Mrs. Fox, we get to come to your room because we're stupid. And that's this population of students. By 10 years old, they already know I, and I say, you're not stupid. You learn different. They need the tactile. They need the kinesthetic. And they don't get a lot of it at school. So please, at church, provide it to them. Let them be in their normal. If you can get a, Even something simple. My little guy that I prompted, 27, he stands this tall. So I'll lean over and I'll whisper to him, stand up. And he'll stand up. And because he's now had to engage his muscles, he focuses better. And he's so tiny, nobody knows he's standing. (laughs) So I have him stand behind his desk, but maybe have him stand at a table. Maybe, you know, sit on the floor, change the location of what they're doing, an exercise ball, have them sit on an exercise ball because it engages those muscles, even though you think they aren't really. But there's something about that you can put a stretchy band on the bottom of a chair and they can stand there and kick it. And because they're moving, they can focus. So don't be afraid to try something out of the box to get these kids to fit in. And that kid that's sitting there kicking at the bottom of his chair, nobody's really, once the kids get over the newness of it, they don't notice that they're doing it. So anything else, Dan? Um, I do have a woman that kids in my class. Like, he just absolutely refuses to do anything. Sometimes if I give him a
2: task to do, like to help me,
0: And most of my students, they want to please, but if they've hit a frustration level, they get embarrassed. So by you redirect, I, the, the secretary and I have a standing joke about how I have, must have stock in paper clips because I get a kid that gets frustrated and I'll be like, you know what? I'm running out of paper clips. Can you go to the office and get me some paper clips? And by the time he's come back, he's got up, he's moved, he's calmed down, he's ready to refocus.
1: Mm-hmm. My own kid. And uh, his thing is is a little bit of what we've already touched, but his thing is is a sensory issue. He his thing is he doesn't know boundaries. And uh, that actually has he actually has a, a, a problem listening sometimes because of that. So what I do sometimes is I hold him. Uh-huh. And so with that tightness around
0: yeah, and they do, they do make weighted vests yeah. and those kind of things that do help. Yeah. Uh-huh. They do, I don't know what it is that's something secure about that. Yeah. I do it at
1: my
0: place.
1: Yeah. And also, they've used socks that they've tied together and weighted them mm-hmm. and put them around the waist area.
0: Yeah, anything like that. Um, I've had some people that it's um, a pressure thing, so even if you teach them to squeeze the table that will help them with that type of thing. Anything else? I have, um, right now, in all my classes, I teach third and fourth graders on Wednesday night,
2: and um, I have a little boy who has Down syndrome, but he's, like, not not really verbal, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't do sound language either. Okay. It's hard to communicate. Um, Usually my team helper will sit with him
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and help him, and the other night we are doing memory verses, and everybody was saying all their memory verses, and, of course, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. So he said, blah, 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 whatever. And I said, okay, give him a coin, you know, mm-hmm. because he thought he was saying it, mm-hmm. you know. But I found that a lot of times when my teen helper wasn't there one night, um, one of the other girls said, I'll sit with Aiden. And
0: it helps when the other kids help him. Well, that was going to be my next sex- mm-hmm. question. Even with some of these kids who have difficulty following directions, <laughs> what about if you give them a buddy? I have, I have two boys that they crack me up. They... um the one kid has anger problems and the other kids has focusing problems and I'm sitting in the room and I was working with another couple of students and I hear the one little boy lean over he goes it's okay Jeremiah we only have ten more minutes of math we can do it and then Carter's not now he's totally off focus and Jeremiah leans over and he goes Okay, Carter, you got to get this one more problem done, and Mrs. Fox will be really proud of you. You know, I mean, just give, they were, it was that buddy relationship. And, you know, they both know that they have issues, and, and I was doing something with the one kid, he goes, I know him better than you do. I've been with him since preschool. <laughs> this is what you got to do. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that buddy, that buddy, and it can be just any peer, or sometimes it needs to be a peer that has some skills. But, yes, prepare the rest of your students when, you you know, hey, you guys know, you see him struggle with this, help him out. Be a good friend. Love him. Isn't that what we want our students to do is to love people, to show people Jesus? And what a great place to start. Jesus met people right where they are, so we want to teach our other students to meet students where they are. Anything else? Anybody want to add on that one? Okay. This one, the slide is not a hundred percent accurate in the book, so I doctored it up. Um, the new term is intellectual disabilities. These are the really low, lower functioning. So, there's de- developmentally delayed, cognitively delayed. They keep changing the name. I think this is the most current one. I think yeah. it is. Um, this is what difficulty with reading all written materials, difficulty memorizing, immature be- behavior, delayed fine motor skills, difficulty developing friendship, poor gross motor skills, difficulty communicating, difficulty understanding and following directions, difficulty understanding lesson concepts. So when you have a student that's really low functioning, how are you gonna include them? I'll give you guys a minute to brainstorm with your elbow partners. What are you gonna do with that student? Say you have a I had a I was teaching youth group. (coughs) I had a high school, I think he was a sophomore at the time. His ability level was first grade. How do you incorporate that kid into your youth group appropriately? What do you do? I'll give you a minute, talk about it, see what you can think. Oh, now it's quiet. (laughs) No ideas on that one? (laughs) Think of a student you've had that really struggles. I know there's some people in the room that work with that population. If you have something to share that works... Any ideas? What do you think? How do you how do you incorporate that child or child you've had into your youth group or your rangers group appropriately? Focus on
1: what he
0: can do. Exactly. You focus on what he can do. Some other things you can do, like something as simple as playing charades was hard for him because he couldn't read. So I would front load him. Hey, we're going to play charades tonight, and I'm going to give you this card so you'd be ready to act out. The, and he would go home and he'd talk to his mom and his sister and he'd figure out if by the time he came back to church that night, he was able to participate. Nobody knew I did it. He didn't have to lose face in front of his peers. Um,
1: something like that as far as like all these uh, something that seems to work is finding, like you said, finding a buddy. Or finding a buddy. Like
0: Yeah. The other thing, you have to watch who you pair that student with, too. You don't want to set him up for failure. You know, um, It's really easy to put him with the wrong kid, and he, end, and he ends up having his feelings hurt. So be aware of who you're pairing that student with for help. Prepare them ahead of time sometimes for an activity so they don't have to look different than their peers. because He knew enough to know that he was different, but he couldn't read a lick. So anything that I had to do where the other kids were reading, I always prepared him ahead of time, or made sure he had a buddy that could read for him so he, did, he was not hindered by that. Any other questions we wanna think about there? I would actually look at my lesson and think, okay, if I could not read, or if I could not memorize, what parts of my lesson can't I do? and then look at those spots and make sure I either had an alternative activity, changed it up. You know, because I said, I, when they asked me to plan this workshop, I don't know who you guys have in your room, I don't know what you're dealing with. So I'm like, it's too broad. <laughs> so anybody have any questions or needs about dealing with that particular population of student?
2: Mm-hmm. Child in my in my class, but what's ha- what I've done in the past that's really helped us, you know, send that kid to the bathroom or before he got there or something. I took, like I say, usually I have third, and fourth grade, or sometimes am younger. Um, and I talked to the kids and I said, now I'm going to treat so and so a little bit differently mm-hmm. because he has some problems. He can't read or he can't do this or that or, what, or whatever. It doesn't make him bad. He's fine. And you help and it seems like if I spend a little five minutes to with my class, they all want
0: to help. For the most part, I find kids are way more empathetic than adults are. They naturally, I don't know, I think we're taught not to like people. We're taught not to want to help. And something as simple, I, I have a little guy that's blind in one eye right now, and I had to educate my class because if you approach him on that side, he startles. And his reaction to that startling is to get angry. And he'll look at you and say, I'm going to poke your eyes out. <laughs> and so I had to talk to the class. And I, I said, you know, Mrs. Potts has two different sized nose nostrils. And they all looked at me like, what? And I said, yeah, my, my nose nostrils are just not the same size. Everybody's a little different. Well, Jeremiah's eyes are different. One eye works, one eye doesn't. We all have things about us that are different. And I just explained it that way. I said, so when you come up to Jeremiah, say his name. Before you come up to him, that way they didn't have to worry, am I on his left side or am I on his right side? I just said say, hey, Jeremiah, then he won't get angry at you because you didn't scare him. Something so simple, I haven't had him threaten to poke another kid's eye out all year. But, you know, just think through, okay, this is the problem I see this student having, how can I fix it? How can I make him feel successful, safe, happy, loved in my room, and keep all the other kids safe? Because I can't have a kid going around going, I'm going to poke both your eyes out. (laughs) No, we're not. This was when I went back into special education. This was the classification of students that I was like, I'm going to end up in an emotionally disturbed unit. These are those kids that have a learning disability that's not explained by inel- intellectual things, um, but they exhibit an inability to, re- inability to remain relationships, re- maintain relationships with peers and adults. They have inappropriate re- behaviors under normal circumstances, unhappiness and depression, physical symptoms of fear due to per- personal and or home difficulties. I have a little guy right now that I'm working with that fits this category. I got his paperwork. I was glad he came first instead of the paperwork because I read the paperwork and went, oh, dear Lord, please help me. (laughs) Um, He is a chair thrower. (laughs) Um, He's a very angry child at times. I have seen none of that up until yesterday or the day before when I was absent from school. But he is definitely... um, inappropriate behaviors under normal circumstances. My substitute asked him to take out a piece of paper and put it on his desk, and for whatever reason he didn't like the way she asked, he stood up, pushed his chair down, and stood there for 35 minutes and would not say a word. I would love that rather than having a desk thrown my Yeah, well, I've, yeah, he, I think he's probably capable of that. So what do you do? You have this kid in your room that is potentially explosive do you go to their parents and say i'm sorry we don't want your kid in our ministry i hope not i hope not what do you do my co-teacher came to me and said this is a ranger thing my co-teacher came to me and said i want to make a christmas ornament i said okay what are we making well we just did little house on the prairie i'm speaking from a school perspective but it could happen at church i want to take mason jar lids and a hammer and a nail and I'm like, oh, you're going to give so-and-so a hammer and a nail. Okay, how can we do this? What do you do with this kid? How do you keep all the kids in the room safe and have a chance to minister to him? I'll give you a minute to think about that. Talk to your elbow partners or whatever. Exactly. Okay, what'd you come up with? Anybody want to share? Something other than hammer and
2: nail.
0: Okay, you could. And, and Figure out a different way to do it. Okay, I, I would... And nail. Depending on how well you know the student. I may go to my co-teacher or may go to whatever ministry leader I have and say, you know, we might want to change up our plan because this and is... I would, I would do it for all the students. Right. I wouldn't give
1: a the hammer and nail.
0: Well, I, I, yeah, I, I would. I'm that crazy, but... What would you do? What would okay? Say you're like, I think we can do this, and I think we can do it safely. What are some ways that you can do it safely? An an adult helper, helper. exactly. You're gonna have to have. You may have to ask for an extra pair of hands or two or three that week um, to say, I want you to cut out. I want you to glue yourself to this kid. Be and hopefully it's somebody that knows the kid that's already a buddy to him, so you don't inadvertently trigger him into a Cycle?
3: You want that a job. Yes. Yeah. I
0: mean, I, a grandpa. I deal with, a
3: th- I deal with older boys normally, high school boys, but I have a lot of different, over the years, a lot of different people. But a lot of those that are hyperactive and things like that, I have them within harm's length of me. Yes. Or of another leader that's in there. So when they start that, you know, all
0: it takes sometimes is just a tap on the shoulder Yep, and that's, that's all down. it takes. That's, and I know this kid well enough to know that that's what it Now, would I plan it on a day when there's a substitute in the room? Absolutely not. Okay, would I plan it on a day where you're having a, a stranger in the room? Absolutely not. The other thing, I went to my co-teacher and I said, okay, we can do this. But instead of doing it with all the class let's break up into stations for tonight. And you take a group and you're gonna do this and this group's gonna do this and we're gonna only have them over here with the hammer and nails one or two at a time with, an, with me right there. So that I'm, it, and then I also rehearsed the rules. Now I'm gonna give you this hammer and this nail. Can you poke somebody with the nail? Can you throw something? <laughs> I mean, right down to, can you throw the hammer if you get angry? You know, you really, and I made him verbally rehearse it with me you but let them know too,
1: what, to, what the alternative i mean if you do it you're done you're not going to do this activity and, and
0: that's you you lay it all out beforehand and you really script it but again if you are at all apprehensive change your activity i would
3: never do an activity like that if i know I was going to have a spatial person in there yeah because i found out that time a- i bring someone that's not the normal people in there yeah they will perform for that person more than they do they for for other they now, this
0: particular boy that I'm talking about, because he's emotionally disturbed, he'll just dig his heels in and not do anything, and then you're standing there with a the boy not doing anything, but you do have some that are triggered. But his
3: but, but here again, even with those, I mean, my experience is if you talk with them gently, one-on-one, many, many times, they will come back around and yeah. end up doing the event. Yeah. Because they don't want to sit down.
0: Well, that's the thing that the, you have to give him a way to save face, and that's what happened with the substitute. She cornered him and didn't give him a, gave him a direction, and when he didn't comply, she didn't let it go. Okay, so and substitute I, is a big thing. And I said, I said, you know, I said, what you should have done is said, Xavier, I'd like you when you're ready, I'd like you to take that out and walk away, keep an eye on him, let him reset. And most of the time, they they they, you know, but he was embarrassed then because he made a mistake. He needed an out, and she didn't give him an out. Okay. Now that I mean, he he's and he's a, he's a great kid otherwise, but that particular day, I don't know if he had a bad breakfast or what, but some or maybe it was because I was not there that day. Um, it took three adults to get him back to class. <laughs> so, any questions about those types of students? And he does. He comes from one of the roughest home lives I have. His, his history, his file is this thick. So when I say, please, please, please do not negate them from your ministry on the risk of, you know, provide a timeout spot. Um, we, I talked after I debriefed this particular child. I said, well, let's see. We need to come up with a way that this doesn't happen the next time Mrs. Fox is absent I said, but I know you don't like to talk to people when you get angry. I said, Would you be able to hand a person a card? And he says, Yeah, I could do that. What's the card gonna say? I said, How about if we make it say, I'm getting frustrated, I need a break? He said, That makes sense to me. I said, Okay, are you gonna wanna just put it on your desk or are you going So that way he didn't have to talk. He didn't have to communicate till he had a chance to calm down. He could have handed it to her. I would have had information in that information intake thing that i talk about that you're going to provide to your teachers i would have had that included in there when this child has a problem here's what he's going to do for you please give him five minutes to cool down i have another student that has a cool down spot that he just automatically gets up walks to he spends about five minutes there and then he comes back to his desk and he goes on about his business he doesn't say anything to me, I don't say anything to him, we've got it worked out, he knows what to do, my subs know what to do if they come in. So part of it is preparation. Don't wait till the night before and think, oh. Oh speech and language impairments. Anybody have those? Yes. I have a lot. They can't. Some of them are non verbal. Not- Nonverbal, what kind of things can we do with our nonverbal students? We talked about the sign language, So, yeah. What about for memorizing a verse? How are you gonna have them memorize a verse? You can make up a song or repeat but a if they're song. non if they're nonverbal, they're not gonna it's going
2: just to... a matter of, you know, letting them participate.
0: Yeah. Okay. What if you what if you have a, a, a child that's non-verbal but is high enough to memorize something? Okay. You have words, like on card? Uh-huh. words on a card. Move them around. Put them in the right order. Mm-hmm. You know, be, g- memorizing doesn't mean I have to spit it back to you. Memorizing could be I write. If they can write, I write it down. Okay, Mem- you know, could be pointing to a word. You know, could be as you say it, they point to it if they're nonverbal. Some of the kids if they're totally nonverbal, totally not and they have no language skills, memorizing is just going to be something that you just expose them to it you know you may have to let that go. but change up what you do you know and I wouldn't take it away from all the other kids but they may just have to hear that particular one. But if you know they have some skills, try some different things. I had a mother whose daughter was going to become an honor star, but she's like she'll never pass the test I said, can she put the words in order? And I'm like, she's like, yeah, she can do that. I said, make that her test. Don't, don't ever let something get in the way of them being successful. And we're about out of time. So does anybody have any questions? I have um, visually impaired. Any thoughts on that one? Um, hearing impaired or deaf? Deaf and blindness. Deaf and blindness together, you're almost going to have to have extra help. (laughs) I don't, they're almost always autism. I know we've touched on some things. You're going to see more and more of those. Visual schedules work for them. Um, Posting things on the wall. Giving them advance notice of change. If you have a routine to your class. Routine is big for them. Keep that routine, but you all know that there are some times when that routine just has to change because the world around us changes. Give them some advance notice or give them a visual cue for first you're going to do this, and I know this is different, but second we're going to do this. Visual cues are big for those kids. Anybody? I know that's one that comes up a lot. Anything else? We, we have a, a, a boy with autism, and what happens is when we're doing snacks, -hmm. If he gets wet, he you know yells and tears his clothes off. So so if we know we're gonna have something wet like applesauce, he's got a special like exactly. You got something, and that's one of their sense that's they're very sensory Mm -hmm. sensitive.
2: Yes. And so they don't want unless something has happened really bad that they need to know, they don't need to hear an outline of Right. Well, he kind of did this and he kind And so uh, as a parent of special needs, I used to get those reports and it was just like, "Listen, I know <laughs> I deal with it 24/7, can he just come to church and be here?" For and that's an
0: something hour. when and you do like an intake as, and you're meeting your parents, by all means ask, "What are your expectations?" And as long as he's somebody or something you can handle it for an hour we were watching and that's a key find out what your parents are that's a good point find out what your parents are expecting multiple disabilities simply when you have more than one of those things going on i found several resources the momentum leadership development unit is where some of those slides came from i found the inclusive church had a lot of resources on that website Um, Johnny and Friends, they even had some great information on how to train buddies for your students on that website. Pinterest, I mean, just type in Special Needs Ministries and you have a whole bunch of things that come up. Um, There's one that I use for school for some behaviors called Intervention Central. If you go on it, it has academic stuff, but click on the behavior thing. That I think would be helpful in church if you're looking, this kid is doing this, what are some things I could try to modify for his behavior. And then there's the National Association of Special Education Teachers. has. I know it's kind of academic, but they do have some resources on there for behaviors, how to break directions down, how to chunk things up for kids that need shorter, You know, how to help focusing problems. So there are some places that I found as I was re- researching for this, or things that I use in my work. Did I, did I touch on what you guys came for? Or at least get your brain thinking?
3: have to remember God can touch them just like any other person, and I've seen some wonderful things. I'll tell a quick story that happened in one of my old churches. We had a teenager who wanted to learn how to read. He could not read, and he was a special needs kid, but he would put his Bible and put it over his head, and he would walk down the hallways with his Bible on his head because he kept telling people he was going to learn how to read. God touched that boy, and that's the only thing he Especially when you see God touch their lives. It's, it's
1: amazing.
0: So. I laugh every day. I mean, I they they see the world in a different place, in a totally different way. And, you know, I always thought, you are smart. You're just smart in a different way. And I'm not, I'm not you know, I've got a little boy that learns everything by moving. And he's just, you learn in a different way. God made you different. I can't say that in public school, but in my mind, that's what God created. And please, at church, just. Let them be who they are, because they spend most of their life swimming in the deep end. So, any other questions or anything anybody wants to share? I hope I at least wet your appetite a little bit. Like I said, it's a broad topic. I think that's what time we're supposed to